welcome in Frank Saravalli from the Daily Faceoff. Good morning, Frank. Kevin, how are you? Ah, we're doing great. Just had Danny Saul on uh, the WM Phoenix Open. Danny Saul's a caddy for Corey Connors. I've known him for a long time. He's uh, from Sherwood Park here, so. He used to caddy for Mike Weir, VJ Singh. Now he's been on the bag for Corey Connors for three years. So, do you do you watch the the WM Phoenix Open or the? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm a big golf fan. I, do you? In do fact, you, do you, yeah. Go ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. Uh, it's supposed to warm up in a big way this weekend, mm. and I have a 9 a.m. tee time on Saturday. Come on, where? In Philly. Yeah, like it's, just uh, uh, like you know. Be, what would it be? Celsius? It would be like 14. Yeah. Or 15 on Saturday. Well, Danny just said that right now in uh, in Phoenix, it's technically, uh, it's plus six Celsius. So he's, what did he say, 43 or something? 43 Fahrenheit. So it's cold there. It's cold for that. But So you must be just jacked to be doing that. Oh, are you kidding? Oh. And it's the one, so we are, you know, I coach hockey. Yeah. Our, our game is until 5 p.m. on Saturday. So oh. I'm not even missing anything. I'm just taking advantage of a warm winter day with the boys. Well, again, Frank, uh, with your summer excursions, we still have to talk about the uh, Kevin Carey Celebrity Golf uh, hey, Tournament. Uh, you send me the deets, I'll put it on my calendar. I will. And to be honest with you, the last time we talked about it, our uh, t- technically our, our presenting sponsor, our title sponsor, Prism Flow Products, uh, said they would want you on, on their team. And I was oh. like, you got to be kidding. How about that? Yeah, so there you go, Frank. They're as big. long as they're into mediocre golfers who are a way above average beer drinkers, I'm good. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's kind of been their MO for many years in the tournament, so uh, we're looking forward to that. Uh, you just updated the old uh, daily face-off trade board this morning? Yeah, I had to after it was decimated with Lindholm, <laughs> Monahan, and Kuzmenko all traded out of the top ten. And your number one trade target is now Noah Hannafin? Yep. And look, I know the Flames are waiting for an answer on Hannafin this week as to whether or not he's going to resign. With the cold feet that he had earlier in the year, despite having a $60 million contract on the table, for me, until that deal is signed, it isn't. And right now, after having the premier rental center on the market, now the Flames have... If Hannafin moves, the entire market cornered defensively with both Hannafin and Tanev potentially on the move. It's a pretty envious spot to be in if you're Craig Conroy, knowing what you were just able to get in the last eight months for Tyler Toffoli, Nikita Zadorov, and then Lindholm. How much do, do you think that the Flames' success here in the next two weeks has a bearing on what Noah Hannafin does? I don't think... Um, you're saying what? Well, you know, like Cal- Calgary wins in Boston. Not, you no, know, I don't think. You know. I think they're past that okay. now. I think they've determined that even if we get in, and and who's to say trading like that's that's a win in Boston after moving Lindholm? Yep. Who's to say that if we trade these two guys that we won't make it anyway, or at least be competitive? Mm-hmm. 
I just think that, you know, if something happens, say Calgary goes on a little run here for, you know, five, six games and puts, you know, puts itself into a position where they're a lot closer to where they are in a, in a wild card. And maybe, maybe there's some chemistry with Kuzmenko and, you know, things, maybe they get something for Tana. That would be the best thing that could happen. You yeah. trade away these guys and you still make it. Well, absolutely. But it, I just don't think they're going to, yeah. I'm not, I don't think Hannafin is an exception because they've been trying to sign him since October. Mm-hmm. Hanev is, is gone. He's going, yeah. he is being traded. There's not going to be some last-minute contract extension to keep him. Precisely. That's why I'm saying maybe there's a chance that Hanovan sticks around. No? I don't know. I, I, I understand the pull to keep him. I also think two things have changed. One, you've had Oliver Shillington come back, which I think lessens their load if they can try and find a way to keep him. Mm-hmm. If you can go Uyghur, Anderson then Shillington, it's at least a better setup than just two of those guys if you were trading Hannafin. So that's one. It kind of gives them a little more flexibility. Two, I don't know about you and how you you know run your business, but for me, if I, if I have anyone that shows any signs of potentially not wanting to be there, mm-hmm. I want to move on. Yep. And, and Hannafin had expressed to the Flames, sources say last year, that – he had preferred to sign in the U S as a free agent. So you give him exactly what he wants in October and he still doesn't put pen to paper. He gets cold feet. You're waiting at the end of the aisle. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm, if I were, let's say they get a a deal done and they feel great right now in the moment, who's to say that two years from now, if this flames team is not better yet and more competitive that he doesn't turn around and say, Hey, you know what? I know I re-signed here, but I should have trusted my gut. I should have gone to free agency. I'd really like for you to move me. Then you're up the Creek without a paddle. Mm-hmm. Not to say that the contract is going to be prohibitive because we, we still don't know exactly how the defense market shapes up as a whole two years from now. But man, I, I, I wouldn't want to be in that spot. For me, it's asset management, as you say, Frank. And I really think that I'd be shocked if he does, you know, sign in Calgary here in the next couple of weeks. But I really think he wants to play in the states, northeastern northeastern states. I think he does. Well, it makes sense to me. And mm-hmm. and then then how much does that limit his trade market? Yeah, like that's been the big buzz the last you know day or so. Is we know the Leafs are interested in Chris Tanev. We know they don't have a second round pick. But if they trade their first, is there a way that Brad Tree Living can pry loose both Hannafin and Tanev? Mm-hmm. And does Toronto being a lot closer but still in Canada, can he live with that? Is that a potential to re-sign? I, I think there's lots of intrigue there as to what that looks like if the Leafs were trying to try and get both of those guys out of Calgary. Frank Saravalli, our guest on Sports 1440. Uh, Frank, you've been doing a deeper dive in what's been going on in Phoenix. Well, I guess the lack of what's going on in Phoenix. And I guess uh, people are so frustrated. You're frustrated. I think fans are frustrated. The league's frustrated. I'm not frustrated. You're not? Care. You don't care? I don't care. what. I, I mean, people are tired of the story, but I'm, I, well, that's in frustration. Fact, I'm actually juiced up about it because... Yeah. We've got a lot of action here. <laughs> I mean, frustrated in where the story is. That's no, yeah. I don't. Well, I'm it frustrated. Is, the story with it. is what it is. I don't really care. I, think, I don't care who wins and loses. I, as long as people are interested, that's all I care about. You know and, what? And this one, 
our story on the Coyotes this week has yeah. been their most read thing on dailyfaceoff.com. Hmm. Well, the, the Oilers are practicing uh, at Acrisure Arena today where Coachella Valley plays. Uh, you know, they might as well go there and, and play as far as I'm concerned already with, with what's been uh, going on. Well, what maybe do you, they could visit with Hitch. Well, they could. They could fit in. Palm Springs. And Grant Fuhrer is down there too. He does color and he's our co-host oh, wow. on Tuesdays. So they could hang out with, with Fuerzy and uh, see what's going on there. But I mean... You so you you're saying you're you're just you don't you wish that that there was a solution here finally? I think the solution is to move the team. Okay. You've got a prospective owner in Ryan Smith who owns the Jazz who is so enthralled by the idea of joining your small billionaires club. That's a market that's been one of the fastest growing in the US. Mm-hmm. And I think there's such a toxic energy that's existed around this Coyotes franchise that I don't think there's any room left for them to be successful. Two different municipalities have told them no. They're trying to get land via state trust and an auction as a way to solely avoid a referendum because they don't think they're going to win one. There's been bankruptcies, receivership, multiple ownership changes, and two decades worth of losing. I am a believer in the Phoenix market. Me too. It's wealthy. It's the fourth biggest in the U.S. There's tons of snowbirds that come down from Alberta and elsewhere. There's all sorts of reasons why a team can work there, but not this one, not with the toxicity that surrounds it. So what do you do? You move it, you change the name, and five years from now – you spend this time to find a proper owner and someone that will build you a building and you can start fresh with a new team in that market that has a better chance for success. So you're saying that that would be an expansion team in five years with building and everything, land, yada, yada, yep. into Whatever the time frame is, but it, yes, whenever the NHL is ready to expand – doesn't Phoenix just make sense? It does, but in the same same breath, let's play devil's advocate here. Don't you want that money from an expansion team in Salt Lake instead of a team moving there? Who's to say that you can't orchestrate getting that much from Ryan Smith? But if he's... I, I would rather isn't start Smith with selling? what the Coyotes have assembled player and prospect and pick-wise than be an expansion team. I, I get it, but isn't like Smith would be buying the team from Phoenix? Well, what you could do, and this is part of what is going to be a fascinating development over the next few weeks, is if you're the NHL, you force, and I don't know what the legalities or NHL Mm -hmm. constitution is, you force the Maruello family to sell you the team back because I'm sure there was some stipulation in their deal that they needed a new arena or needed, you know, something that they're obviously not upholding to the NHL's timeline. Mm-hmm. You force them to sell to you, and then you extract the billion plus dollar fee. That's instead of an expansion fee, you just call it relocation fee, mm-hmm. and then that way you get three cracks at it: two new expansion teams plus the relocation fee. And all of a sudden, your thirty owners that are getting a slice of that are thrilled. A lot of money for the lawyers, Frank. A lot of money for the lawyers. Um, Fifteen hundred bucks an hour. It's the way to do it. <laughs> kind of like your wage. Uh, yeah, Ash Lubs <laughs> over here just 
Just trying to make it. Yeah. Uh, Oilers, and we never talked since the Tuesday night game, uh, the Oilers in Vegas. Uh, the streak came to an end, and uh, it was a close game. Could have went either way. You're just uh, overall thoughts from, you know, a league standpoint, what the Oilers accomplished and, and uh, the outlook that it came from just, uh, you know, a guy on the eastern seaboard here. Incredible. I, I think it'd be fascinating to know which members of that 1992-93 Penguins team were paying attention that <laughs> well, hold the record. For Rick Talk it was. Yep. I'd imagine there were others that, you know, you, you only get so many, you know, your name attached to so many records, unless you're Wayne Gretzky, mm-hmm. that that one would probably stand out. And so um, to win 24 of 27 was insane. It was really odd to me to see the reaction kind of in the Edmonton market. Like, it's one game. Like, You weren't going to go undefeated the rest of the way. And you lost to a worthy opponent, a team in Vegas that, quite frankly, over the last two to three weeks has really gotten its act together and will more so when they Mm -hmm. get healthier with Shea Theodore and Jack Eichel and that whole team. Really what it does for me is it sets up what is very likely to be a first-round matchup that I think with two teams that have a lot on the line is, is really kind of a coin flip. And it would be an absolute bloodbath in the sense of uh, the competitive level. I'm not saying it's going to turn into like a, a crazy physical, you know, back in the yeah. 70s, 80s days. Tuesday but, night. I mean, that that's, you know. a, that's, a, that's a ready-made preview for yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. So anything else cooking, Frankie? So you got the golf, you got the kids hockey, anything else for the weekend? Uh, no, that'll be it. We hmm. got... Uh, well, Super Bowl you got probably going to watch. Oh, yeah. Super Bowl and just trade stuff. Yeah. Um, Tomorrow is a breakdown of Alex Carrier in his game as the Edmonton Oilers are likely in the market for a depth defenseman. Hmm. Take chicken wings out of the equation. Take, um, I don't know, whatever the number two uh, appetizer that you like. Mm-hmm. Take him out of the equation. What's what's going on on Super Bowl Sunday that you would have as a little, uh, you know, a little tidbit, little uh, nibble, little nibble uh, action? I would say I make a mean chili. Ooh. That would be one. I use a pressure cooker. It's it's really good. I would say the underrated, like they always like every Super Bowl party probably has them, mm-hmm. but nachos. If you do nachos really well, it can be a home run. Well, we'll be. Uh, it's going to be a lot of shitty and sad nachos. Yeah, the there truth. are. There are. Even when yeah, when you go out, but if you can make a good nacho platter. And have the it's all about the layering, Frank. All about the layering. It's a you got to find a way to get some liquid or melted like liquidy cheese in there that just on the transcends bo- it like a kind of like a lasagna. Like if you pull a chip out from the top, there's some stuff that should there be better moving. be something on it. Yeah, and and even from the side, there should be you know you should have some movement. It's not just sliding out. How's that sound? And you need some meat and some sour cream, some guacamole, some tomato, like yeah, all the black olives. You need the whole thing. Well, Frank, everyone's getting hungry in here already. So thanks, yeah. big guy. Enjoy the weekend, and hey, hopefully you can hit them straight if you do golf. Yeah, we'll see about that. I mean, haven't picked up a club in three months but i i suspect i'm not alone you got that although you know people were golfing here on january the 7th or 8th had to be the first time in decades it was was tough to put a pig in the in the ground (laughs) (laughs) thanks frank appreciate it buddy have a good weekend